This Irish Man Stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one another and to assume the powers of the earth, the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that the securities rights governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new governments, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms by to which they are accustomed. When a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for future security. Today I want to talk to you about why your founding fathers were exceptional. I just read the first 200 odd words of your Declaration of Independence. And in that 200 words, there is more things to talk about than in whole books. You see, I want to talk to you today about what we hold self-evident. What principles are self-evident today? And I know it's easy for my friends on both sides of the aisle who listen to this show to go, well, you know, what do you want from the Democrats, John? They're just a bunch of socialists and commies and progressives. And it's so easy for my friends not to look inwardly, but to look outwardly and look at my friends on the right going, what do you want from the right? They're just all a bunch of Donald Trump, Nazi-loving, white supremacists. This is where we are right now. I have friends on both sides of the aisle. What truths do we hold to be self-evident? Think about that for a few minutes today. What do we hold self-evident? Because one of the many reasons your founding fathers were exceptional was because in the opening paragraph, they talk about the laws of nature and of nature's God. You see, there are many reasons why America is exceptional, why you're different and when I say exceptional, I don't, I don't always mean exceptional in a good term. I mean exceptional in that you're the only one who ever spoke about these things. Your founding fathers could have just went, you know what? Hey, the king of England, he's a tyrant. We don't like him. We want him out. You didn't do that. Your founding fathers, one of the things that annoys me so much, and this happens on all sides of the aisle. I have liberal friends, I have Republican friends, I have libertarian friends who go, ah, look, they're just a bunch of slave owners. They weren't that great. You know, history has made them out to be giants. They were just mere mortals. I'm not saying they were perfect. 
I'm not saying they were giants. What I am saying, though, is it was an act of God that your founders came together, that all the egos, all the BS came, and out of imperfect men came an amazingly perfect document that came an amazingly different revolution, that you spoke about the laws of nature. Because up until then, and every nation since then has spoken not about the laws of nature, nature's God, but the law of man. If you want to understand the fundamental difference between both, the law of man changes. The law of man is a populist competition. It's, hey, who can get the most votes? And ever who says gets the most votes wins. And that becomes the popular opinion. And then they get to rule. Your founding father said, no, 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 no. It's not about populism. It's not about popularity. It's about what is naturally true. What does nature's law say? What does nature's God say? And by the way, one of the reasons why your founding fathers were amazing was because they understood how things could be taken and put against them. One of the things that they founded was if you read all your founding documents, it's clear that it's inspired by the Bible. They speak about divine providence. You look at the the words that are in the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution. You will see current tones and they sound very eerily similar to what is in the Bible. But they didn't set up the Christian God. They didn't say, hey, we are a Christian nation to a Christian God. No, they spoke about nature's law and nature's God. They didn't, it was a country for all. It was the most inclusive country that you could find. You want to talk about real equality and real inclusion? Your founding fathers are it. Because nature's law and nature's God, it could be anybody. It could be the Christian God to me because I'm a Christian. It could be the Jewish God even though it's the same God to a Jew. It could be Allah to a Muslim. It could be something to a deist. It could be the Buddha to Buddhists. Or heck, you could just be someone who just believes, hey, I have a bottle of water here and I believe it's my creator. Okay, cool. That's cool. It doesn't, the discussion isn't about who your creator is or identifying your creator. It's saying that there is a higher power and there's a higher power for everyone, regardless of what your fate says. But what truths do we hold to be self-evident that are same for everyone? They spoke in the Declaration of Independence. They mentioned three, but I want to speak about four. They speak about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Look around today and ask yourself, is life a right from God? Is it treated in a positive light? Now, naturally, some of my friends will automatically go, no, well, it's the other side. They're abortion. Look at how they treat babies. For the rest of this show, I want you not to think about your the other side. That's so easy. Look at your founding fathers and what they did. They could have looked at the other side. They could have looked at the king and written a lot about him of how bad he was. But they looked inwardly. They looked at the greats. They didn't they focused on something bigger. They focused on nature's law. Is life precious today? Do we treat it as something precious? Yes, abortion is, I believe, hor- horrific. What we do to babies, the most vulnerable in our society, is wrong. And it's wrong on both sides of the aisle. While one openly does say, hey, yeah, you have this right to do it, the other funds it. I'm sick and tired of Republicans going, well, all the Democrats, oh my God, oh, oh." yeah, and yeah, you're funding it. You had control of government and you did nothing. 
It's not about sides. This is about principles. But life goes so much further because so much it's easy to wrap how we treat life in abortion. Look at how we treat life. Is life precious? Do we actually appreciate life? Or do we demean it at every opportunity? Do we look down on, on every opportunity? I'm going to use some examples which are popular. And I don't want you to focus on the sides, but just think of a society in America and around the world. Is life precious? Look at race. Do we look at everyone and kind of go, hey, I don't care what color you are. I don't care whether you're white, black. You could be the color of a freaking rainbow for all I care. I'm going to treat you equally. I'm going to judge you on the content of your character. Or do we look at people who with a certain attitude when it comes to race of, well, you're good and you're bad. Do we look at people a certain way when it comes to politics? Hey, you voted for a certain person. Do we dehumanize people who vote differently? There is one question. Life always becomes about abortion and death. But do we celebrate life and all its causes? You're now about to approach 2020. Can you understand why someone would vote for a Democrat? Can you understand why someone would vote for Donald Trump? Can you understand why someone might vote third party? And I said, the key word there is understand. I didn't say agree. I, I, I have friends on all sides of the aisle. I have nothing in common with Democrats. I have nothing in common with Republicans pretty much as well, especially in 2020. I'm not on any side, but I have many friends on all sides. I'll go, Hey, I've got to stop Donald Trump. Okay. I can understand that. I don't agree with it. I don't think he's Hitler. I don't think he's a, a white supremacist, but I'm not a big fan. Hey, can you understand why I got to vote for Donald Trump? Sure. I'm not going to dehumanize anyone. It's a vote. Can I understand how you don't have the right background? Well, you don't come from the right education. You don't come from the right city. How many times do city folk look down on, you know, Southerners as, oh, you're just a bunch of hicks. Uh Uh-huh. Do we celebrate life in all its forms? All of different backgrounds? You want an example of how you don't even do this on your job today? Mike Rowe, and I don't want to make this about politics or just a small point here. Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe is a great guy who I've never met, but does one great thing I love. He gives free money to go get a trade, to go get, because there's so many jobs in America. How many people look down on trades in America? Oh, what? You, You clean sewers? Oh, my God, what? You know, Walmart wasn't available to you? Or you're a welder. Oh, well, you must be stupid because, hey, clearly you have to be dumped to weld two pieces of metal together. You couldn't get into college, you know, better yourself. Hey, oh, you work on an oil rig. Oh, well, you know, you must be dumb. Or, you know, what? want to know a prime example of something we can't do without but everyone look down on? Truckers. Oh, what? You, you couldn't do anything better. You could just, all you could do is, I'm only smart enough to drive a truck. Yeah, and you know what? Without them... We die. Without truckers, we die. Because who gets food from point A to point B? A trucker. Are you going to do that job? You with your Harvard education who looks down on people? And I'm not looking down on people from Harvard. If you want to go be to the best school, and if you think that's Harvard or Oxford or ever what it is today, Princeton, if you want to have the top degree in law and in sciences, cool. I'm not looking down on you. I say go for it. But if you want to be a trucker, be the best trucker you can be. 
Martin Luther King, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. I subscribe to his idea of if you want to be a street sweeper, then you be the best street sweeper there is. How many times do we do that to people today? Do or do we dehumanize people? You don't come from the right political party. You don't vote the right way. You don't have the right sexuality. You don't have the right race. You don't have the right gender. You don't have the right education. You don't have the right job. You're not from the right class. You're not from the right part of town. Do we celebrate life in all its forms today? Or do we only celebrate the life that we agree with? Which leads me to liberty. Do we actually celebrate liberty today? Do we celebrate people's want to be different? To to pursue their happiness? Because liberty and pursuit of happiness is the exact same. Or do we look down on people? Do we say you can do anything? Look at the federal government. Look at the government today of what you had. Your founding fathers, yes, I know we're talking about the Declaration of Independence, but it's important to point out. When your founding fathers set up the Constitution in 1787, there's 18 clauses in Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. That is what the federal government can do. Everything else is left to the states. Can you tell me 18 things the federal government is not involved in? Can you tell me both sides do this? Things that the government will never tell you what to do? Do you have a right to liberty? And is your right been protected? Look at what they do. Speech has now been controlled. Your right to defend yourself has been controlled. Your right to privacy has now been controlled. Heck, due process doesn't even exist anymore because in the court of public opinion, you're guilty until proven innocent. What aspect of rights and nature's law do we respect today? Do we respect people's pursuit of happiness? Because before there was a pursuit of happiness in your Declaration of Independence, it was not pursuit of happiness, it was property. And it was taken out for one reason. Because your founders were not, oh, they're evil slaveholders with wooden teeth. No, they actually took it out. They had property because they understood that property was key to having a free people. That they had property, that they had their own land, that they had their own houses, that they had their own business, that they were the master of their ship. But the sad thing about 1700s was that property was also considered people. That, hey, you're my property. Even though that goes against, it's obvious if you write all men are created equal. Who dares says, you know what? I'm a, I'm a slave owner. I'm a white supremacist. I want to have slaves. They're not the same as me. Who thinks that way and says, you know what, in the Declaration of Independence, here's a great line, all men are created equal. Well, guess what? They're counter, they don't go together. It's impossible to mix. If you have a system where you think, I can own you, then I can't all of a sudden say, it's totally consistent for me to say, I can own you, I can compel you what to do. But guess what? We're all equal. We're the same. Doesn't, how, how, how and, how does that work? It doesn't. Because you have a right to pursue your happiness. It's why America was different. You want to know why America is exceptional? Why you have created more things and helped create more things in 250 years than the rest of the world combined in the prior 1700? The pursuit of happiness and the right to property. Because you can do what you want. You didn't have this system over there where, you know, you had to have a certain job or, oh, you only came from a certain part of town. You'll never get a college education. There's no rags to riches stories, or not many around the world. In America, there's loads. There are a dime a dozen. 
We see them all the time of, hey, the good boy coming from poverty doing good. The good girl coming all rising through the root, through the ranks. This idea that it doesn't matter all this bullcrap of your class, of your education, of where you come from, whether you're a single parent family, it doesn't matter. You have a God-given right to pursue your happiness. What frustrates me and what upsets me the most is, what are we teaching our kids? Are we teaching our kids, you can do anything. You can be the next Tom Brady. You can be the next A-Rod. You can be the next CC. So yeah, I know they're Yankees and the Yankees suck. Yeah, get over it. But are, are we teaching people? Are we teaching people to go be, the, I don't know, the next Elon Musk? Or are we teaching people that, you know what, yeah, it's, it's good to dream and it's good to, you know, want to do better. But, you know what, let's, don't do too good. You know, if you become a millionaire and a billionaire, we'll hate you like that. If you become too big for your British, we'll seek to tear you down. But also what made your founding fathers exceptional was they spoke about the role of government, which is different to every other government around the world. Your founding fathers said not once, but twice the role of government. It is the role of government to secure these rights. It's not the government's job to give you rights. All these people who, especially in Ireland, because we've had a couple of referendums recently. Hey, it's about the government's right. Hey, do you have a right to gay marriage? Hey, do you have a right to this? you have a right to that? And the government is the giver of rights. And we automatically go to the government going, hey, can we please have this right, Mr. Government? Can we, can we have this right, please, 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 please? No, it's not that government's job to give you rights. It's nature's laws to give you those rights. It is government's right to protect those rights and to ensure no one takes them away. Whether it's a Democrat, a Republican, a liberal, a conservative, a libertarian, it is government's job. They are instituted among men to protect those rights. But also what makes your founding fathers exceptional was because they understood why man is deeply flawed. And this is a lesson we can learn today. Everyone loves to talk about their rights. Everyone loves to talk about, hey, I have a right to bear arms. I have a right to the Second Amendment. Okay, I'm not disagreeing with you. I have my friends on the left going, I have a right to contraception. I have a right to an abortion. I have a right. I have a right. I have a right. I have a right to free healthcare, free college, free this, free that, blah, 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 blah. Everyone wants to speak about their rights. But no one wants to, when was the last time you heard anyone talk about their responsibilities? What are your responsibilities? Because your founding fathers knew man is inherently flawed and inherently selfish. Because they, he spoke about not rights, but responsibilities. Not once, but twice in the first 250 words of the Declaration of Independence. When they spoke about government. They didn't say, hey, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish their government and then just stop. Now they said, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government. That if you have to alter or abolish your government, you don't just stop there. You don't just focus in on your rights. You focus in on your responsibilities to institute new government to protect those rights. And then a, a couple of words later, under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their security. They spoke about rights and responsibilities. How many politicians today on either side speak about your responsibilities to your man? Because nature's law and nature's God, it's the government's job to protect those people. But we also have a role as people to protect people's rights, to stand for them, even if it makes us uncomfortable. 
Voltaire once said, I may dislike and hate everything you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. How many times, especially in political climates, do you see strange bedfellows? Or do you see people reacting going, why are you standing with them? I know I get this a lot. Because I will stand for things I disagree with. I'll go, you have an absolute right to say that. And they're like, you're siding with the Democrats, John. I'm like, I'm not siding with anyone. I'm siding with a principle. How many people talk about responsibilities today? How many people on any side say, it's, hey, you know what? You're the master of your ship. You are the commander of your ship, the master of your fate. How many people talk about that? Or is it all about politicians going, hey, you need me. You need me to protect you. You need me in D.C. Because without me, my God, you don't want to have the other people. How many times do we have to go through this on both sides of the aisle? Read your Declaration of Independence, please. There is so much to learn on it. I would ask you just to think about this as we're gearing up to July 4th. And it's Independence Day. July 4th is just a date. You're gearing up to your Independence Day. To celebrating, to having burgers and hot dogs and beer. Think about what role your founders viewed for your government in the Declaration of Independence. And then have an honest look at both sides, at all sides in D.C. And kind of go, how much of it is consistent? Or how far have you traveled from what your founders' vision was? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because tomorrow we're going to talk about the forgotten Americans. We're going to talk about the forgotten Americans who have been seen to be whitewashed from history that no one ever remembers. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please subscribe, listen on all major platforms or on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher FM, Omnia FM, CastBox, Spotify, Google Play Music, you name it. We're there each and every day this week for Independence Day, but we're also there each Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. And if you listen on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. It helps the algorithm. And reach out to me on social media. Are you enjoying this special? Have you, you know, you learned anything? Have you got an appreciation for your for your country? Twitter, Freedom Disciple, uh, Jonathan Dunn 58 on Facebook. And I'll see you tomorrow for Independence Day and the Forgotten Americans. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.